0: to the investment cuddle i'm gary and today on the podcast we're going to talk defense so we're not doing karate or martial arts this is about defense companies and contractors and who's out there that looks like either a large organization that you can invest in or something that's potentially worth at least considering in that sector so we're going to look at the defense sector and the second episode we're going to do on defence, we'll be looking at defence funds. Because you know on this podcast we are not really stock pickers. And so we're going to have a look at what funds can you pick up that will cover the elements of defence that we think might be growing or at least making a decent amount of return. So we're actually on location today today. Not Wales this time, but uh, Bonnie, Scotland. So I'll apologise if there's any noise of vehicles on the recording because we are very close to a road junction where we are. And whilst there are some very quiet Teslas zipping about and there are other electric vehicles available, of course, there are one or two what might be described as boy racers zipping about with uh, fairly noisy vehicles. So when we set about... Uh, Defence, is it contractor or company? Well, a defence contractor can be a business or an organisation that provides products or services to a military or intelligence department of a government. So this can be military, civilian aircraft, ships, vehicles, weaponry, electronic systems, logistics, technical support, all sorts of things come under that banner. And really a company or a defence company, that term's generally used within the defence policy community. So that would describe a private company, and we'll go into some of those. Could be an academic institution and other entities with which government departments or departments of defence, DOD in America or the MOD in the UK, where those guys will give out contracts for people to provide services so can a defense company be seen as a defense contractor well essentially a defense company can be seen as a defense contractor depending on the situation but not all defense contractors are defense companies as we said this can refer to individuals so a little bit of clarification there and you hear these terms banded around and used and seem to be exchangeable and there is some just specific considerations there. So I think that's quite, quite useful from my point of view. So apologies if you all know that already. So let's have a look at some of these companies. So let's start with number one on our list, which is Lockheed Martin. And the ticker for that is LMT. So Lockheed Martin, they are a $108 billion market cap company. So a reasonable size, let's say, significant amount of institutional shareholders for Lockheed Martin. You know, for those of you that don't know the company, they're involved with aerospace predominantly. So aeronautics for you enthusiasts. And this can be anything from research, design and development and manufacture of military aircraft. They also are now working with unmanned aircraft, so otherwise known as drones, if anybody watches their Hollywood movies where these people are sitting in their little shack with their joystick and piloting these unmanned vehicles. That's what we mean by that. Missiles, fire control systems. They've also got involvement in ground vehicles, energy management solutions, and helicopters, ships, missile systems, if we didn't mention that, radar systems, and they've got a space segment as well. So big company, relatively well-known. If you've not heard of them, that's probably understandable, but they are a big American contractor for the U.S. government and also a company, one that satisfies both terms in this instance so how have they got on in the last year Were they're up just over two percent for the year given the fact they're not ai that's not a bad performance from my perspective <laughs> because unless you're ai this year you're not really doing very well albeit we now are getting later into the year so two percent performance for the year is not an awful lot so next on our list is boeing company For those of you that know the Boeing company, their ticket is BA, not British Airways, which some people might know British Airways. It's a Boeing company, um, market capitalization of 122 billion US dollars, so just a little bit bigger than Lockheed Martin at the moment. They... So, Boeing Company is an aerospace company predominantly. If many of you have flown on commercial aircraft, you might well have flown Boeing version rather than an Airbus. But certainly, the low cost carriers generally tend to have the Boeing 737. So, that is a very well used aircraft known as the narrow body model. But they've also got various other. Variations, which is, I suppose, one of the latest ones is the 787, always known as the plastic plane. But they've developed and produce um, commercial jet aircraft for a long time. They are also involved with research and development, production, modification of manned and unmanned military aircraft, much like Lockheed Martin, weapon systems, and other aerospace platforms, supply chain logistics management, engineering maintenance. So quite a broad remit there for them as well. And I guess in that sense, similar military presence to Lockheed in terms of what they're offering, not as broad, you could argue, but also they've got a a large presence in the civil sector because they are one of the largest providers of airframes for the civil aerospace business. So how have they done this year? Well, they're actually up 40% this year. That's because airline stocks and airlines have improved from a fairly low position. So big return, but not if you own them before, before they were in trouble, before the pandemic. So fantastic change compared to Lockheed Martin, but I would argue that Lockheed not dropped anywhere near as much as Boeing over that period. So next on our list is Raytheon Technologies Corporation. Ticket symbol is RTX, and that's now down as RTX Corp for the purists before I get told off for having the wrong company name. So RTX Corp is $109 billion market cap. So again, similar size to Lockheed Martin at current prices. All all the companies we've looked at so far have got institutional shareholding, significant institutional shareholding, and RTX Corporation is an aerospace and defence company. The company does advanced aviation engineering, integrated defence systems, and does essentially development of technology solutions. The company operates through three segments, Collins Aerospace, Pratt & Whitney, and Raytheon. So Pratt & Whitney aero engine manufacturer. So you can look at that and go with the engine part there, Collins Aerospace and Raytheon. So you've got Collins' aftermarket solutions and service solutions for the aircraft manufacturers, airlines. So as we said, there's an element of services in there. Pratt & Whitney, as we said, is the engines element of the business. Also looking at business jet market and general aviation so Raytheon, Advanced Air and Missile Defence Systems, Hypersonic, which we're hearing more and more about with various weaponry, sensors and radar and those kind of things. And they're also looking at space, which was similar to Lockheed. But so they've got government and commercial customers in RTX Corp. So how have they done over the last year with their down just over 12% for the year. If you look at this at the moment, if you put these all within the defence sector, Boeing would be outperforming the other two because we said Lockheed was slightly positive and RTX are down double digit. So all the companies that we've had so far are all based in the US. So a little bit of a divergence from US companies is BAE Systems PLC. The ticker on that, it's also BA, but so that will be on the FTSE index rather than the American index. So, BAE Systems is around a 31 32 billion pound business. So, say so he's kind of in the 40 billion dollar mark, probably just shy of that. So, considerably smaller than the other companies we've been looking at, but registered in London and the UK. BA Systems is, again, a defence, aerospace and security company involved with electronic systems. It's got US and UK-based electronics activities, and this is for warfare systems, flight controls, precision guidance. They're involved with platforms and services with operations in, as we said, the US and the UK and other parts of Europe as well, like Sweden. So there's manufacturing going on there around vehicles, weapons, munitions, and the air segment of the business within the UK is looking at activities for Europe and international markets. You've got a maritime segment as well, cyber and intelligence segment of the company, and that's also operating in the US. So a little bit more, I was going to say diverse, really, in terms of segments for the smaller business, but just a slight divergence in owning US companies. How's BAE Systems, PLC, got on this year? Well, registered on the London Stock Exchange. That is up almost 28% on the year. So more akin to what Boeing's up to than the other two. And I won't go into the reasons why certain defence companies have had a about in share price this year. I think that's all very obvious and a situation which I'll let others comment on. Last, but by no means least, in terms of our defence companies, Northrop Grumman Corporation. A ticker on that is NOC. So Northrop is another American-based company. They are, again, bigger than... BAE Systems, they're about $66, $67 billion market capitalization. So significantly smaller than Boeing and Lockheed, but another company that is heavily owned by fund managers across that area. And we'll talk a little bit more in the next episode about funds that you can look at to own some of these in perhaps a more broad or diverse portfolio so Northrop again this is a global aerospace company as we said based out of the US they've got four segments to their company you've got aeronautic systems, defence systems, missile systems and space systems so a little bit of synergy to some of the others there they're involved with design and development production and that's looking at advanced aircraft systems for the US Air Force and the United States Navy. If anybody's watched Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick, you know, the US Navy. I think Maverick flies for the Navy, but it's never actually sailed a boat. I think there's something about that, but it might be a spoiler for the Top Gun fans who haven't watched Maverick yet. And if you haven't, just get out and watch it. It's fantastic, especially if you can see it at the cinema. It's one of those movies that is not really for the small screen unless you have a big screen, and a sound system at home. So, yeah, sorry, they're involved with uh, Air Force Force and and Navy in the US. They've also got defense systems segments, looking at production integration of weapon systems and modernization of those weapon systems. So I guess that's upgrades, that kind of element, as well as mission systems segment, which looks at advanced mission solutions. And then the space segment we talked about, again, that's design, development, and integration and production and operation of these space missile defense systems. So a lot there about missile systems, whether it's defense launch or strategic systems, a little bit different to what we've seen with the other companies. But, again, if you're interested in that kind of defense organization, this one's definitely for you. So these these guys are based in the US. They are down almost 11% on the year. So there's a real variation there, I think. But predominantly, these companies are down for the year or pretty much break even in terms of share price performance. Whether that's an opportunity to get in, I'll leave you to be the judge of that for your own portfolios. But I think you'd have to look around And say based on the financials and if you like a dividend, which ones of these look like they're growing. Certainly if you take Northrop, it looks like year on year um, their net net income has fallen. Generally, the share price doesn't like that. And it's worth digging into what's going on. Some of these companies have got one-off costs that they're dealing with. So, yeah. And again, all companies have got price pressure at the moment. If you're a fan of uh, Mike Green, Mr. Pink, as we like to call him, because he's uh, running the Pink ETF, which is a medical-focused ETF. But he's always on about pricing power. Who's got it? Who hasn't got it? And if these guys haven't got pricing power because the government's squeezing them on the contracts, but their costs are going up, then that's something to be aware of in terms of whether or not they've got Like we said, with Boeing and a few of the others that are commercial as well as military, maybe they'll be a little bit more robust in terms of share price when things are slightly more challenging. So those are your companies. So where does that leave us then in terms of contractors? Well, I guess you could say that most of those that we've talked through already are or have the potential to be contractors as well as companies. But when you look at the largest five defense contractors by market cap, at number one we've got Honeywell, based in the US, 120 plus million dollars of market capitalization There, Raytheon Technologies, we've already talked talked about, based in the US, 100 plus billion market cap. Lockheed Martin is at number three. We've already said about their market capitalization. They're a large U.S. company. And then we're coming in with Safran, based in France, about a $60-70 market capitalization, and Northrop, one of the other companies we've just gone, gone through there, and we said they were about a 60 plus billion market capitalization company. So there's a few additional companies there in Honeywell, and Safran, that we haven't looked at them specifically today. But if you're looking at individual companies, unless you're looking for companies that are looking at or involved with technology, and you could argue that with a lot of what's been going on recently in terms of drones, that actually commercial drone companies might be generating significant revenue from drones that are purchased and then reapplied in terms of application and what they're used for, not necessarily military applications as their original purpose, but being repurposed for that activity. So some traditional, I would say, large defence companies there, as we say, have a look at your research. When you're looking at these companies... Individual buyers are always challenging, but there are plenty of large organisations out there that provide opportunities to get into this sector without going down the funds route. And I think there are not just US, UK and European defence companies out there either. This has been very Western defence focused, I would say. But the reason for that is we generally tend to have actors access to those companies in the Western world rather than trying to get into markets where we said before it's quite difficult to access other markets from your jurisdiction. So sometimes an investment trust or a fund is a better way of doing that or an ETF and we'll have a look at that next time in terms of trying to access more more diverse markets. Just for interest then, If we were looking at alternative companies or alternative jurisdictions out in the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, there's a company called Edge created in 2019, and that was a merger of 25 smaller companies. So again, a small company, relatively speaking, in terms of the ones we've talked about today. But there are other jurisdictions. China's another one. Where you've got aviation industry corporation, China Electronics Technology Group Corporation, and China North Industries Group Corporation. Um, so tickers on those: AVIC for aviation, CETC for China Electronics, and NORINCO N O R I N C O for China North Industries. So whether you can get with the platforms you're at access to look even just look at those, that's something to look at yourselves. But I think for us for us, we tend to look at what we can get with our steady, boring platforms that we've got and if we can get access to more exciting things, as we said, sometimes that's through different vehicles. So as we've said, we'll look at The defence companies wrapped up into funds next time. Hopefully that's been a useful run through the larger companies and it's food for thought in terms of things that they're doing that might be of interest to you specifically and things you want to invest in. Let's face it, we want to invest in things we're interested in or areas we think are growth areas. So as we've said with all of that, remember balanced portfolio, not more than three to five percent of individual companies. When we're talking about individual companies, and not more than fifteen percent of your portfolio in a sector. People break those rules all the time. That's that's personal choice. If you if you if you like safe, buy some gold. As Philip tells us, buy something you can bite and bury it in the ground and come back for later. So, <laughs> but hopefully we'll hear from Philip later in the year. I'll put the links from those companies in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the program's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.